the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And welcome aboard to the Randy Corcoran program. Guess what? Not Randy tonight. It's that backbone guy who shows up from time to time on Saturday. Matt Dunn here at your service, 5 to 8 p.m. And wanted to say a big, huge thanks to Randy Corcoran, brother Randy himself, who filled in for me last Sunday evening for Backbone Radio. Sometimes we do just a little trading off here and there. If we have a conflict, if we have an obligation, which I like to think that they are rare, but sometimes, you know, from time to time, they do happen. And I like to think that, um, you know, when it comes to the next best thing to Randy, I'd like to at least put my hat in the ring <laughs> for that. And oh man, we've got a lot to be covering. And yes, I'm just back. I was just listening to the Boyle show, you know, Mike Boyle, talking about travel, air travel, flying, various things. And should I go into a little bit of where I've been the last week? Should I do that? I've got a little pile of adventures that might be at least somewhat amusing to discuss. Possibly a little off topic in terms of what was it, you know, it's the stick to the business crowd that Rush Limbaugh would always talk about. But, you know, you do fun things, you go different places, and you have adventures. And I don't know, maybe some of the things are relevant to share in a broader format. So maybe I'll do a bit of that and some air travel. And yes, I was just flying in from, yes, Hawaii. Hawaii had all the kids, the wonderful wife. We flew in, did the red eye flight which means you get on the plane late at night and then you just fly all night long and hope you can get a little bit of sleep along the way. Did I get any sleep? Did Host Dunn get any sleep? That would be a no. That did not happen. But I always think, you know, you do your best radio shows when you're like half delirious. You come in, you haven't slept at all, and you're just awash in information and new ideas and things haven't quite settled and fermented thoroughly. And you just start throwing stuff out there. And so that'll keep me from maybe going into the deep, granular details of some of the issues. I'll save that for tomorrow night for Backbone Radio. Yeah, 4 to 7 tomorrow. But tonight, no, let's, let's be swinging kind of around the field on what comes up. Just as a little preview of some of the topics, who likes the idea of potentially Vice President Nikki Haley? Anybody like that? Nikki Haley to be the vice president for Donald Trump? I I didn't think so. <laughs> I didn't think so. Um, but maybe there's some people out there. I'd be kind of curious to know. And the only reason I mention it is that the Republican Party establishment is floating that trial balloon very hard. 
And is it a suggestion? Is it is that how it comes across, or is it actually maybe a little bit of a threat from the Republican Party establishment, the frustrated donors, the big globalist corporate donors who know that they don't have any leverage, they know they're not getting anywhere with their initial attempts to get DeSantis on the map? That failed. Now they're trying to get Nikki Haley on the map. That is failing. And so maybe they're thinking, uh, well, you know, maybe we could get Nikki Haley in there as VP, like the next Pence. Wasn't Pence wonderful? (laughs) So maybe we could get another Pence-like situation. And Trump isn't out there outright saying no way to this trial balloon. I've got an audio clip or two on that. And I do think it's a non-starter. It's an obvious, absolute non-starter. And I think Trump, you know, being very gentlemanly, being very nice and gentle, as he always is, right? He's always nice and sweet and gentle. He's not outright rebuffing this potential, but why don't we just look into that? Why don't we look into the possibility there and how would people maybe potentially react to the next Pence, as in Nikki Haley, and I'll just say if if Nikki Haley were the VP, Trump would have to have an entire battalion of food tasters around him in the White House every day. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that uh, that would be a risky maneuver there. And well, I'll save my thunder on my thoughts on that. Uh, already getting text to studio saying, nope, <laughs> no Pence 2.0. <laughs> and uh, can't hardly blame you. For having those thoughts. Donald Trump in New Hampshire today, packed house rally. Man, we're 11 months away from the general election and he's packing houses. You add up one Trump rally in New Hampshire. There's like not very many people that even live in New Hampshire. Must have been like the entire population of New Hampshire was sitting there at the Trump rally, standing up, chanting USA, USA. And we got a few clips from that, just so you're updated on the latest there, what Trump's talking about. And yeah, the poll data, Trump is leading, beating Biden in all of the swing states. There's either six or seven states that fall into the swing state category. Trump happens to be winning in all of them. Oh, how do you like them apples? It's uh, the poll data... Has Trump up over Biden? Has Trump up over the potential for Gavin Newsom to have the little switcheroo in there? You know what I mean? And so looking pretty sweet for 2024. You just have to admit it. You cannot deny it that we are on track for the most spectacular, the most remarkable the most awe-inspiring political comeback in American political history as Trump on track to dominate the primary and then dominate the general election 2024. And that's when you have to step back and think, okay, all right, all right. So the ruling class, the uniparty, the deep state, the left, the rhinos— they can't be having Trump back in there now, can they? they they're on record saying that's an existential threat to their whole scam they're running on this country. <laughs> they, uh, 
They want America last, not first, and somehow they find it mortally offensive to have the prospect of somebody showing up and putting America first again in the White House. So you sit back and what are they going to do? What stunts are they going to pull? What are they going to come up with? And I've been talking about that a little bit over the last couple of months as you th- as you see things shaping up so nicely for 2024. And if, yeah, the ruling class cannot disrupt the status quo, it's going to be Trump 47. Trump goes from 45 to 47. And so, you know, they've got to, to decide what they want to be doing about it. And I think that they are kind of feeling like they are checkmated. As in the Uniparty is checkmated right now. Everything they they try, every maneuver they make, everything they come up with, everybody they try to insert in there, all the propaganda they run, just doesn't seem to be working. They seem to have lost their magic touch, their Midas touch. I mean, everything they touch now turns to, uh, you know, shall I say crap? Yeah. And they're just not feeling it right now. And I think that they sense the mood of the American people is most certainly not with Joe Biden, most certainly not with the Democratic Party, most certainly not with the rhino crowd. (laughs) And so you wonder what they're going to do. And I do kind of um, don't have a lot of affection. There are some people out there that say, oh, no, the deep state, they're going to be coming back. They're going to be they're they're going to be. Oh, they're going to do huge stuff. Oh, Trump's going to be in prison. Oh, and by the way, that is their election strategy. They basically come out and say it, that Trump will be convicted. Trump uh, could be in jail by the time of the next election. Yeah. And the way I look at that is that's going to backfire. They try that, that. That backfires on them in a big way, which is part of the checkmate. Does that make sense? When you start, uh, I, I don't think the ruling class is kind of used to feeling like they're checkmated. They're not used to being in that position where nothing works and everything backfires and they just keep falling further behind in the polls and Trump just keeps on dominating. But I don't, I don't like people to sit back and say, oh, no, okay, they're, they're not going to let it happen. These all-powerful people out there are not going to let it happen. But guess what? The deep state crowd, the ruling class crowd, the rhino crowd, the rest of them, they're they're not very many of them. It's kind of a small, fringy group, and they're behind the scenes, they're behind the curtains, so you don't really see exactly who the players are and who's pulling the puppet strings and the rest of it. And you can tend to inflate their capacities and inflate their abilities and inflate their power, which I don't think we should do. I just think, you know, as Mac to Rush Limbaugh would say, these people just flat out need to be defeated. They need to be defeated. And they are nervous. And their rhetoric is so off the charts. The Trump's going to be a dictator hoax part two. They did that back in 2016. Of course, they did it in 2020. Oh, it's going to be the dictator thing. Yeah, whatever. No one's buying all of that malarkey anymore. You know, the diehard leftists, of course, they, they, they probably will buy it. The ones that are 
you know, they, they just swallow all the propaganda. They just take it right in and make themselves miserable. How miserable must you be if you sit around believing all the propaganda and take your marching orders from the folks on CNN and MSNBC and the rest of it? Let's let's cover some of that as time goes on um, in the program here. A few updates about Ukraine and the cynical congressional maneuver to try to say, well, we, we'll secure the borders a little bit if you send more money to Ukraine. Yeah, you saw that coming. Adam Schiff, the guy who was all about the impeachments of Donald Trump, is now opposed to the impeachment of Joe Biden, saying that, oh, the Republicans don't have any evidence. <laughs> See, what do you do with people like that? Adam Schiff always said, I've got direct evidence of Trump colluding with Russia. Always said that from the beginning. And um, never produced it, never had it lying all the way along. But now he, see, you know, I mean, now he's like, oh, Republicans can't impeach Biden. They don't have any evidence. And what did that guy just do for five years? Six years, you know what I mean? I mean, how do you handle people like that? No conscience. They lie like they breathe, you know. People are seeing through them. Just enough millions are seeing through them. It does not help that Bidenomics has been such a disaster. The inflation, oh, is that ever eroding your purchasing power, your pocketbook, your incomes are not keeping up with the inflation in the Biden economy. CNN did a thing on that. I will I will be going there on that. And, oh, I guess I've got all kinds of extra additional stuff to be going into, but I don't know, maybe a little a little Hawaii action. Yes, surfing, snorkeling, all that stuff. You know, we try to rouse the family to get out and have at least uh, one little time where we get somewhere else in the year. And we found one this year. And why don't I talk about that a little bit? And, by the way, the phone lines, 303-696-1971. I'll probably take a break before I go to the first call, so if you could hang on. We have a line open. If you'd be able to check in, and thanks for yes for the text to studio. I always say keeping me on track, especially, you know, the guy who just flew in on the red eye out of Hawaii. Going to need a little text to studio help today to keep me, uh, you know, sort of in tune with it all. I still hear the sound of the ocean in my ears, in both ears. At any rate, it's Matt Dunn. I am in for Randy Corcoran this evening and honored to be in here carrying that torch. Oh, such an important torch to be carrying, folks. Let's take a little break and let's be right back. Coming on back to the Randy Corcoran program, Matt Dunn here, and that's the Mike Ness version of I Fought the Law, which... uh. Why I didn't know Randy was playing very much Mike Ness, Social D around here, but I play that a lot on Backbone Radio. We've got a lot in common, brother Randy and I. Music, taste, exquisite, exceptional, rarefied. But by the way, the uh, that's that's one tune I will put a caveat on, that the original version of that, who did the original version of I Fought the Law? Can't think of the guy's name right now. And um, that is a really good tune. That one just really holds up well. And that's going to eventually pop into my head. But after the red eye, 
out of Maui. Yeah, that one's just, it's just not sitting there available. That photographic memory needs a little bit of, uh, I have another sip of uh, my green tea, or is it coffee tonight? Maybe it's both. <laughs> At any rate, Matt down in for Randy Corporan. Do please consider checking in. I'm off to the phone lines here. and Oh, yeah, we've got some adventures to be talking about. And, boy, that Mike Boyle makes everything he talks about so darn interesting. So um, he was talking about, you know, travel and what it's like to go on some of his adventures. I thought maybe we'll do that a little bit, too, around here. Oh, you got it. Thank you, John. My man, Bobby Fuller 4. That's who it is, the Bob Fuller 4. And, um, yeah, I play that at the swim meets when I DJ the swim meets, and uh, it still goes over, still works, that song. Let's say hello to Brad in Lakewood. Brad, thanks for being here, sir, and you're first up tonight. What's on your mind, Brad? Well, as bad as Kevin McCarthy was, the chair should have been vacated. He shouldn't have had the chair to begin with. But now it appears that Mike Johnson is uh, Kevin McCarthy on steroids, and if we had to pick between the two of them, uh, I hate to say it, but it's going to be Kevin McCarthy. Now uh, Now they're saying on Bloomberg that uh, Mike Johnson might be the next speaker to lose his job, and that that would suit me just fine because uh, with the country $33 trillion in debt, uh, we got illegals crossing the border. Mike Johnson decides to send him home for a three-week vacation after they took a 10-week vacation in November, along with a six-week vacation they took in August. But uh, and then Mike Johnson's violating the Hastert rules. He put uh, 702 back in the NDAA. Uh, yep. I hate, to, I hate to say it, but Mike Johnson's far worse than Kevin McCarthy and if it's possible to vacate the chair, I'd say, yes, we should do it. So you're losing faith in the new Speaker Johnson. And I will say, um, boy, I uh, had a few hopes up when he released a little bit more J6 footage. That was really something that set him apart from McCarthy and his do-nothing rhino ways. But, yeah, that 702 since you mentioned that, the uh, 702 is the statute, I guess, that allows essentially the deep state, the intel agencies to spy on the American people without a warrant. And, and now Laura, Loom, yeah. Laura Loomer's posting pictures of uh, Mike Johnson leaving meetings with Paul Ryan. That, that, that's, a, that's another bad strike. What the heck is Paul Ryan even doing, like hanging out? In D.C. these days, and he's, he's like running Fox News into the ground, is Paul Ryan, one of, the, uh, one of the least respected people by the voting base of the Republican Party, hanging out with uh, Speaker Johnson. Not a good sign, Brad. You don't like it? No, I've never been a fan of Paul Ryan from uh, day one. Uh, I never, uh, even back 12 years ago when people were talking about how great Paul Ryan was, I knew there was something wrong. It's sort of like this... Uh, Monica De La Cruz out of Texas. Now, she had another bad vote the other day where she voted uh, for the NDAA. Maybe her new nickname should be Monica De La Rhino because <laughs> she, she's had a number of bad votes right off the bat. So, uh, And now the person they decide to pick to replace George Santos is a registered Democrat. Oh, man. Is that right? No, no. It's, you can Google it. Uh, Running as picked, a Republican? Well... The Republicans get to pick their nominee, and then the Democrats get to pick their who they want to run, and it's going to be the guy that Santos beat. So 
So unfortunately, I think he's going to beat this woman. But the Republican, yeah, she's a reg, she's a reg, they're saying she's a registered Democrat, the person yep. the Republicans nominated. And it looks like McCarthy is busily trying to find a rhino-ish replacement for himself in California now that he has stepped aside, which I'm glad to see McCarthy step aside. You know, you know he's going to have to go cash in on his deal while he still can watch the money start flowing into his pocket. And he did come out and kind of do a tepidish endorsement of Donald Trump. But last heard from, he was out there trying to backstab... <laughs> backstab Matt Gates, of course. But, Brad, since we have you, what what do you think about um, that, uh, that, is it 300 more million to Ukraine that they approved, that Speaker Johnson approved, and some, did they actually approve any sort of cosmetic touches to the border to say, well, we're securing our border a little bit, but what we really need is more money for Ukraine. Did that go through? I might have missed that when I was in Hawaii. I've heard different stories. I've heard it's six hundred million. Hmm. So we, hmm. we 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 don't know for sure, and there's probably none for the border. But uh, this republic, and this is why people don't want to send the Republican Party any money because we're not getting anything for money. And it it seems to me the Republican Party gets dumber by the day. Well, it does seem like the Republican Party, professional Republicans, hate their voters. They despise their voters. And um, the RNC chairwoman, Rana Romney-McDaniel, you look at the money flowing into the RNC, and apparently it's not looking too good, right? I mean, the money is not, uh, is not really there. I think the money's going to Trump. People are getting kind of wising up to stuff, and they're sending their money directly to Trump himself, his campaign, his website himself, instead of the sort of RNC, whatever you want to call that, uh, Republican voter hating people on top, right? I agree. Now, it was only ten dollars, but I'm going to. I sent uh, Charlie Kirk at Turning Point USA. I'm I'm going to send them a check for ten dollars. And I know it's only ten dollars, but at least with Charlie Kirk, you're going to get a, a good return on your money. Yep, yep, that's for sure. And he's been saying some very courageous things out there on Twitter and on his radio program, which uh, I salute him for. You hear him. I forgot his exact time slot right here at uh, 710 KNUS, but uh, but kudos to that guy. And glad you're sending him some money. Yeah, but the only problem with McCarthy leaving between now and next November is that's going to bring us down to 220. And then if Johnson <laughs> retires from uh, the, Senate, uh, the House in uh, February, that's going to bring us down to 219. And all it takes is for some a tragedy to happen, and we could very well lose control of the House before next November, and that's what's infuriating about when they wanted to expel George Santos, a member of their own party, and Santos is the most conservative Republican coming out of New York who voted with the party 100% of the time. And they got rid of him. The, Like we say, the Republicans, you know, the rhinos, you, you think they're weak, and you think that they're just a bunch of uh, cowards and sissies and all that. But, boy, they will take out their own. They will vent their fury on their own people, Brad. And that's a, you know, just tell you, it's, it's not a real party. It's a fake party. It's a it's fake token opposition. And whenever they get a chance, they will, quote, cave. But their caving is actually by design. That's what they're there to do, in my opinion. 
And I think too many people are waking up to it, Brad. It's uh, it's not a pretty picture, but it's been that way for a long time. Well, in some ways, won't the Republicans be worse than the Democrats? Because the Demo- Republicans pretend to be something they're not. At least the Democrats will say, this is who I am, this is what I am. The Republicans say one thing and do another. So in a sense, that makes the Republicans worse. Right. Is it... Is it more trouble having the fifth columnists around, you know, having the backstabbers around at all? You know, the kind of people who will say one thing but then do another the first chance they get whenever, you know, anything matters. And if you think about that, Brad, whenever something has really mattered, really and truly mattered, something that was would really have impact on America, American culture, or give a chance for the Republican Party to complete and fulfill a promise do you ever see that get delivered? No. And yeah. the, sad part, the sad part about this NDAA is Boebert voted for it. Now, she's going to, I think she could win, but she's going to have a hard time winning. But how does she expect to win when she backstabs her own base? She's already in enough, jam, enough of a jam as it is, and uh, voting for the NDAA is quite puzzling. Why would she make a mistake like that? That is a little puzzling, and um, I guess I... I don't know how to respond to that one. I'm, I'm convinced that uh, Bobert has exhibited enough courage and confidence over the years to merit continued support, but that's a bad sign. And it's, it's that 702 that's right in there, right, in that NDAA. That's the spying on Americans without a warrant thing, expanding the surveillance state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually, uh, I believe McCarthy had it taken out, and Mike Johnson was the one to put it right back in. Yeah. So Mike, nothing ever really changes with uh, professional Republicans, you know. They 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 just can't seem to uh get anything figured out. And you know, they're they're essentially, you know, saying yes to the gulag, yes to the surveillance state, yes to the uh spying on Donald Trump, yes to the raids on Mar-a-Lago. You know what I mean? That's that's how they roll. And and I think the Republicans just take their voters they take their voters for granted. Because what if it was just, hey, let's just vote for Trump, nobody else, no Republican. Let's just vote for Donald Trump. That's it. Yeah, that that may be the end. That's what a lot of people are thinking is going to happen as it is. Send money to Trump, not to Republicans. Vote for Trump, not Republicans. And that's it. You're actually seeing that meme catch on around Twitter and around social media. And I, I'm, you know, I'm. You know, I always think there's a handful of Republicans you do want to support and all that, but I'm beginning to wonder. <laughs> well, you know, and, and did you hear about all that legal trouble Christy Burton Brown's in now? No. She, yeah, she got a letter from uh, Randy C. basically tell, telling her to hold on to the records, and uh, they had Dave Williams on Chuck and Julie, and it uh, appears uh, that uh, the previous uh, Republican officials in Colorado uh, were up to some real funny stuff. Hmm. It, it was on a Chuck, Chuck, Dave Williams was on Chuck and Julie explaining it all. Hmm. And okay, that's that's one thing I have missed over this past week. But um, that's something that we need to be looking into. So I'll just say, Brad, thanks for the tip on that. And uh, but need we say that uh, the Colorado GOP uh, has been dysfunctional for a long time? I feel that uh, that Williams has been, uh, in a lot of ways, a breath of fresh air. I think. Um, I think him talking to Chuck and Julie, that, that, that's, that sounds positive there as well. 
But uh, I will hold off on saying more because I don't know what you're talking about on that, Brad. But how about this? They're stacking up a little bit behind you. But, Brad, stay close with us if you can. Check in tomorrow on Backbone. Okay, bye. You bet. All the best to you, Brad, out there. My gosh, I'm glad he's out there doing his thing and sharing it with us around here. Let's say hello to Mary in Denver. Mary, glad you are here. Yes, sir. I have a question. What is Pandora's box that Trump keeps referring to? Did he refer to that uh, today in New Hampshire, yes. or is it? Uh... Yes, but I have heard it a couple other places too. Hmm. And I don't know the specific reference, and we can speculate on what a few of these uh, these boxes are. Um, could it be related to? Um, Supposedly, there's the this this missing file about Russian about Russia Gate that the the deep state's all upset about that was uh, in the news this week. Where I don't know. I just I know what the expression Pandora's box means, and it tells me there's a few secrets in there that maybe are going to come out. Yeah, and I think. The nation is frankly full of these kind of things. There's there's a quite a few Pandora's boxes out there, and I think, in general, the deep state ruling class, Rhino Democrat, Uniparty opposition to Donald Trump does relate to the Pandora's box concept, and that Trump's uh, the only politician, you know, maybe since JFK, who's come along, who doesn't play their game and doesn't you know, submit to their blackmail and doesn't submit to their their power moves upon him. And he just tells them all to buzz off. And they've been trying to manufacture some kind of a leverage over him for years, haven't been able to build it because he keeps, he keeps on not buckling under to him. But if he gets in there again, as looks quite likely in 2024, would he open not just one Pandora's box, but uh, but several? I think he has some of his own. Oh, you mean what? I think he's. I think he's got all kinds of things on the deep state, starting with the Pope, starting with uh, all kinds of things that are going on. Uh, he made several stops in Europe after he was elected, mm-hmm. and he pulled in Saudi Arabia, and uh, then the Pope. And then Putin, and uh, and I I just think he's got something on the deep state. Oh, I I I think you're um you're definitely barking up the right tree there, and that's yeah. that's one thing that you know for years we've been kind of sitting back wanting to see, and maybe in a lot of ways waiting for, is to somehow have a big batch of smoking gun evidence come out that just really pulls the plug on these people and creates a comprehensive picture of what's been going on behind the curtain in the beltway and that explains so much about the current events we've been seeing and about the bizarre hostility. You know, how do you explain it that, you know, someone like Mike... Mike, They're afraid of him. Oh, very much so. But how, how do you explain, why, why does Mike Pence turn on Trump? Why does DeSantis turn on Trump? Why does Paul Ryan 
turn on Trump? Why does the entire they don't? Why does the entire establishment, you know, some of them pretended to be Trump allies all the way along? What power is that is it that leads them to, to constantly turn on Trump? I mean, could it be tied into some Pandora's box or another? You ever wonder? Possibly. No, I don't wonder. I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> and I have one other thing I wanted to say. Yeah. If I could. I'd like to say something about Nikki Haley. Mm. I don't, you know, I don't care for her, but I can't picture her going to Saudi Arabia as president and doing business the way we would want her to. I can't picture her going to Putin. I can't picture her going to China. These 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 men you know, aren't that crazy about women's opinions about anything. Mm-hmm. She's not that smart or that good to be able to handle that. You don't see her as like a Margaret Thatcher kind of type. She's definitely not Margaret Thatcher. Yeah. Margaret Thatcher could go to those places, I think. <laughs> right. So it's not just, you know, woman per being a woman, but it's... It's just, I think it's being a woman. I don't think Saudi Arabia would like that. Well, and that's where I would say, well, that's kind of like their problem. You know what I mean? That's that's their that's on them. That's on Putin. That's on Saudi Arabia. You know, and I, I'd be all in favor, right, of having the right woman be the first female president of the United States of America, but not Hillary, <laughs> not Nikki. <laughs> You know what I mean? Not anybody we know. I guess. Uh, can you think who 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 out there? Who out there? There's there's got to be some. There's got to be some out there in the wings. But I don't they've... think we have any of them that strong right now. Well, I'm not saying they couldn't, but I think I think it would definitely be a problem in Saudi Arabia. Well, interesting, but uh, I will say that yeah, Nikki Haley, neocon Nikki, no. Way uh, non-starter. State behind her. No thanks. Yeah, Mem- board member okay. on Boeing, military industrial complex, wants to invade every country and send your kids to every war she could possibly dream up with the warmongers. Well, uh-uh. that's because she gets money from the military. From yo, the yo, yeah, you've noticed that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well. well. Well, right on. Oh, you bet, Mary. And thank you for your comments and checking in with us tonight. All the best to you, Mary. Stay close. It's Mad Don. I'm in for Randy Corcoran. Let's take a little window of a break and return forthwith. Been a long time since the rock and roll. That's a little Robert Plant Led Zeppelin. You can't beat that one. Glad you are here, Matt Dunn, and for Randy Corcoran here this evening, 303-696-1971. Just heard that little clip during the break, and uh, yeah, Charlie Kirk says, uh, no way <laughs> to Nikki Haley. And uh, that that's a very obvious non-starter. And I do notice, though, that Trump is not just outright saying no way to it, and I thought we might study that a bit as the show goes on. What should Trump say to that? I mean, obviously, you know, he's not going to be doing that. I mean, I Trump watcher for many years, probably know more about the Trump administration and the way he moves and what's been going on there in front of the scenes and behind the scenes. And that that's there's like a no way on Nikki there, especially after Pence. 
But uh, I kind of thought, you know, I kind of thought the gentle touch from Trump on that might make sense. I, well, I kind of doubt it, but, you know. Anyway, to be continued on that, the text of studio flowing in here so beautifully. And what if I just, I just brought a few in here. Matt, I heard a rumor that the deal that Mike Johnson is working on would authorize 3,000 illegal alien alien asylum workers to cross the border every single day. I'm with caller Brad. When Mike Johnson had two strikes against him, I said, that's it, you're done. Now he's added a third strike with his NDAA 702 that I warned you about. So Mike Johnson has to go. And as you said, Jim Jordan would be an excellent replacement. So kindly research what I just said about the 3,000 per day. This is just awful. And hopefully we have the votes in the Senate to stop it. Thank you to Richard for sending that in, that little ball of wisdom, agreeing with caller Brad. And yeah, that 702 business, the NDAA, Congress... uh, Mm, tell you, the uh, surveillance state and the spying on Americans, the the people behind the curtain, they get so much power with their ability to run and conduct the surveillance state. And, you know, how, how much blackmail power does that give them, right? And you, you wonder, I don't know, you throw out there, you, you see people, I don't know, dare you say the word Ken Buck, or people who campaign one way and write books one way, and then all of a sudden they fold like a tent, like a pup tent, when they get to Washington, D.C., and you have all this surveillance business going on, the surveillance capacities going on, and you just wonder. You just wonder who has what on who, and that's how business has always operated. Blackmail is the currency of the beltway. Maybe in some ways it's money, It's certainly not principles. Principles are not the currency of the Beltway. Maybe it is money, but maybe what comes before money is the blackmail potential. And that that is where, you know, why does the Senate just do this? Why do Republicans cave on all of this again? Why do they do that when you sit back and wonder... But I would say that the, uh, the, the powers that be are very dependent on their surveillance state. They're very dependent on their censorship abilities as well. And what if at some point they were to start losing that ability to censor the voices that they do not want out there, that they find threats to the establishment narrative? That's why they're having to go after Elon Musk with hammer and tongs. And uh, you're seeing Elon Musk go after Media Matters. Interesting. Elon Musk suing Media Matters, that Soros-funded outfit that's dead set opposed to free speech on Twitter. See, watch them, watch them congregate. And you have to understand that, you have to understand the absolute militancy with which the establishment opposes free speech and opposes you having the ability to express your opinions in public and connect with other individuals that might have like-minded opinions or respond to your opinions, that is absolute anathema. Anathema to the people in power. 
as the founders knew. That's why they made that First Amendment the First Amendment, free speech. Because they know the first thing people in power find a threat to their power is free speech, right? Hopefully we're understanding that. Hopefully we're understanding what kind of a gulag we're living in. And if anybody has some practical opinion on how to get around this gulag, kick the doors down to the gulag that does not involve Donald Trump winning in 2024, I am all ears. Practically speaking, I don't see much. I don't see anyone else out there you can be counting on, relying on to not betray you to not turn tail on you once they get your vote. There is only one. Here's another text to the studio. Doc, I think Emerald Robinson has a good read on the GOP. She says it isn't a real political party, just a fundraising gimmick. That comes in from Tim. And by the way, why does Tim say Doc there? Yes, I am a dentist. Practice dentistry all week, and I just cranked up my new dream practice, which you are invited if you ever need to drop by a dental office and hang out a little bit. 303-225-7575 is the new phone number there. Terribly excited to be living that new dream. Been at it for over 20 years. You know, you learn a thing or two. Show up every day. Try to do the best work you can possibly do. Get to know people. Love helping take care of people. At any rate, I think Tim's point is pretty <laughs> pretty excellent. That is the GOP a fundraising gimmick or is it an actual political party? I mean, big money flows in. I mean, you can go out and you can politicize any issue. You can politicize the border. You can be Republican established. Oh, we've got it. We've got to shut the border. Send us money and we'll go shut the border and then you send the money, and then they try to block Trump from building his wall. That's what Paul Ryan did. But they got your money, and they tried to block Trump from doing that. They can talk about, oh, we can't have abortion in America, the Republican establishment. We, we've got to stand up against abortion. Send us money. We're going to go fight abortion. And then what do they do? You know, Trump gets... The justices appointed, they overturn Roe v. Wade so deservedly since 1973. That disaster of a Supreme Court decision, politics from the judges ruling that issue in this country. Anyway, Trump gets that done by appointing the justices, and then the Republicans are all upset about it. <laughs> see, send us money to combat abortion, but... You see, they don't want anybody to actually do anything about it. But they do want you to send them money. How many issues like that can you think of where the, uh, you know, they can press some hot button? Any kind of a hot button issue. Oh, the professional Republicans, the fundraisers love that. They love to send you emails and send you text messages and ask for your money on this or that hot-button issue that these Republicans are going to go do something about. And, you know, we're nice people. We're like, well, okay, we want to, you know, send money to help save this country and do the right stuff. And are they just taking advantage of you? Have they just been taking, uh, taking advantage of you for last couple of decades, you know? 
And when somebody shows up like Trump who actually can do stuff and wants to keep promises and actually make things happen in the political arena, fulfill the promises, well, don't you get the sense that the Republicans, the professional Republicans, do not like that? They do not appreciate that? <laughs> they, they'll never forgive him for doing that? Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I'm afraid that is, uh, that is kind of the way politics works in this country. That's the way the Republican Party works in this country. And again, I hate, I hate to be negative about the Republican Party, but you just have to just get to the point and be blunt about it. And, you know, you got to work around these people. What is Mitt Romney's niece doing running the RNC? And, you know, why are they still, like, having these fake debates and all this stuff? It's just, yeah, I'm hardly seeing the point of the existence of the GOP other than to get your money and lure you in and then disappoint you the first chance they get. But the, there's always a next time, right? Anyway, Matt Dunn in for Randy Corcoran. Let's come back in a few and keep sharing the wisdom. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.